Welcome to Media, Culture, and Why We Feel Like Crying So Much. Each week, we use media theory to make sense of our everyday media habits, practices, and experiences. I'm Grant Latanzi. And I'm Stephanie Che. So today, I am having Grant live react to an episode of Emma Chamberlain's podcast, Anything Goes. I was listening to this on my commute, and mind you, this is my first time listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast. Um, I've, like, came across her sounds on TikTok, and I've, like, edited day of my life little videos to it, but I haven't listened to a full episode. So I was listening to My Daily Routine Explained, the way that she was talking about her day, how she talked about productivity, how she talked about products. I was, I wish that we had been recording that like first time around. So I am having Grant react to it. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, so this is an influencer who has a podcast? Yes. Okay. Emma Chamberlain, she was a big influencer. Oh, still is a big influencer, but she also has her own coffee company, has a podcast. What do you remember us talking about the Dote girls back in the day? Yes, yeah. She she was one of them. She was either a Dote girl or a Sephora troop girl. I wanted us to talk about this podcast episode mainly because I wanted to listen to how influencers use language, just language to talk about their day and talk about products and how there's like probably millions of people listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast. And like, yeah, I just wanted to talk about language and like the example that she is setting for followers. And we have talked about how influencers are like the model of life and they... Because they're the ones who mediate it and yes. show us what it... and. That record what it looks like for a wider audience. Mm -hmm. And you and I, we, we focus really heavily on daily life and how that is shaped by different forces that move through media and the material world. Yes. So, you know, we, we will be critical, um, but it's certainly nothing to do with Emma Chamberlain. It's, it's much more to do with how she... I, I guess it, it has to do with her profession. And this is just, we're taking this as an example to a larger discussion. Yes. Great. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm very interested to hear a day in the life and how, and it says a day in the life explained to yes. like the rationale. So yes, I, this does sound interesting. It is thorough. And I do wish I could have seen you reacting as you're, you know, driving through traffic to get, <laughs> to, get to class. Hello. Today, I wanted to walk you through my daily routine. I'm talking about from the second I wake up to the second I go to sleep. I want to explain why I do the things I do, why I find them beneficial, why they've turned into habits for me, and just get into the nitty gritty of my daily routine because I feel like I have a really solid daily routine at this point. I mean, obviously every day is different. There are some days when something comes up that's out of the ordinary, you know, like I have a photo shoot or I have a doctor's appointment and a dentist appointment. So I spend my whole day doing that or I'm really tired and I just want to take the whole day off. But majority of the time I have this same daily routine. And so I wanted to get into it today. Just dig into it talk about it, analyze it, discuss it. So when it comes to creating engaging content, we have an ad. <laughs> of course, of course. So let's start out with waking up. I wake up at 6 a.m. when I'm feeling really good and really rested and around 7 to 7.30 a.m. on a normal day. Even if I went to bed really late the night before, I'm going to try to wake up by 7.30. If I'm really hurting, maybe 8 a.m. But it's really important to me to wake up early, no matter what, even if I'm exhausted. Because for me personally, 
waking up early starts off my day with this sense of accomplishment already because waking up early is painful. It's painful. It's challenging. You know, it takes a lot of discipline to wake up when your alarm goes off. And there's something about the first decision I make in the morning being one of discipline that sets the tone for the rest of the day. If I wake up at 10 a.m., I already feel behind. I'm like, fuck, like there's so much that I could have done before 10 a.m. if I would have woken up on time, but now I haven't. I didn't, you know, use discipline this morning to get myself up so I could get started with my day. And instead I sort of stayed comfortable and just kept sleeping. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times when sleeping in makes sense. You know, if I'm extremely sleep deprived, if I'm jet lagged or something, I don't know. But majority of the time I try to be up by 7.30. Thoughts so far? Oh, okay. So right off the bat, routine is like, okay, there's like daily routine is a thing. It's a pattern that I can recognize in my behavior over time. And for that to be, she, she goes, I think mine is good. Like my routine, like the routine is something that you can flex and you can place value judgments on as good or bad. Right off the bat, the relationship to sleep is so backwards. Like sleeping is on par with breathing. It is on par that it's like probably the second most important thing for your brain and your body and the relationship between the two. So uh, I'm, I'm making an infographic for work about sleep right now. And so I'm just, I'm really like, it's important. Sleep is so important. Um, no matter what, even if I'm exhausted, even if it's, it, it's, and then she says the rationale, I get up early, not because I have stuff to, that I want to do or I need to do, but because it's painful. And that is a way to start my day. The, I, yeah. And then it's like, maybe you can sleep in if you're extremely tired or jet lagged. To 7.30. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I, it's already like embodying a relationship to like, like I'll sleep when I'm dead. So many people treat sleep as something secondary or like flex the, the lack of sleep they get. And that's effectively like flexing that you hit your head into the drywall every morning when you wake up. Like you are damaging your brain and your body. Sorry, that's, I'm not a sleep expert, but I know <laughs> that you need to prioritize it. Now, the thing is, just because I wake up at 7.30 doesn't mean that I'm done sleeping that day. I totally am down to take a nap if I need one. But there's something about getting up early that makes me feel motivated. I feel kind of proud of myself. I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, like I did it. Like I'm, I'm up, I'm up before a lot of people this morning, you know, I'm ahead. It's kind of like playing a mind game with myself. But I will say it makes me a lot more productive throughout the day. Even if I get tired in the middle of the day and need to take a nap, there's still this element of satisfaction and proudness. Okay, I got to say something about this. So productivity is, again, just an idea, a value judgment that we place on, usually on the passage of time. Was this time productive, not productive? And... The fact that it can be used, taken for granted as a rationale for behavior, like I do this to optimize productivity. Yeah, that seems so natural. Like, like even what I was just saying about sleep, I, that's really like, I know that I can't deliver the work that I want to deliver if I don't sleep. And so it, it's almost like the same, a different approach, but it's the same rationale. We're constantly in a position where we have to optimize productivity. The way that the light is so soft outside in the early morning and it's so quiet and there's birds chirping, even in Los Angeles where I live, 
it's so peaceful in the morning and i like experiencing that why, why wouldn't there so be I birds in really los early. angeles right after i wake up i go Sorry. downstairs <laughs> and i make my first coffee which is a latte slash cappuccino i don't really know it, it's like kind of a latte some days and kind of a cappuccino some days depending on how much milk and foam i make but it's a hot drink of some sort okay i've been making my own nut milk for the past few weeks i got this thing called an almond cow as a gift and it's so incredible it's this machine that basically makes nut milk for you in a minute or less and it takes nuts of your choice and ingredients of your choice in their whole form is this an ad might as well <laughs> <laughs> is it like no, i can't tell like, this this is why I wanted to talk about this, because she's going so in-depth into the things that she uses, which, again, like we said, my daily routine explained. Yeah. She's explaining. Yeah. But, <laughs> sounds like an ad. It's into little compartments, and then you screw it all together and turn it on, and it makes nut milk for you. So I've been making my own nut milk. I've been making almond coconut cashew milk, and I'll froth some of that with a little bit of nut pod almond coconut creamer either vanilla or caramel flavor and i mix that together and i froth it up and then pour two shots of espresso in there and i have a delicious hot warm drink and i don't know what it is but i really do like starting the day nowadays with a hot coffee drink never was this way before this is very recent within the last six months but there's something about it that I like. And I like making the coffee myself. I have an espresso machine and I, you know, steam the milk myself, froth the milk myself, do the whole barista thing, throw the towel over my shoulder, grind the beans, press it down with the little tamp. Like I do the whole thing. I'm a little surprised because <laughs> if you wake up to be productive and then the first thing you do is craft like, an artisan cup of coffee. That sounds like a time-consuming task, but you got up early for it. I don't know, like... Is it the privilege, the privilege to have a slow morning? Yeah. And like not just go to Starbucks drive through on your way to work? There's one thing. But also, let me remind you that she has her own coffee brand. It's right. such That's a what I was just, she's like, I've been Waking up in the morning, she was like, I throw the towel over my shoulder. like. She is setting up such a slow morning. I feel warm. I feel like, oh, I yeah, the light no is soft rush. outside. Yeah. It's interesting that she's specifying any of the all the dairy products or could be dairy products. She's specifying the nut alternative part. Not she's not really calling attention to it, but I think that's something that audiences of influencers do pick up on, like what products they use and place value judgments on them for that. So like, I can definitely see, it's probably second nature to a lot of influencers to say things like that, to specify which, which product you're using. Then I finish that in about two to three minutes. And what do I do after that? I open my fridge and I get out my cold brew that I had been letting sit overnight. And I pour that over ice into a travel mug. If you're watching the video version of this episode, then you can see that I have that sitting right next to me right now. This is my cold brew, okay? It's cold brew and it's a little bit of nut pod creamer. That's all she wrote. Would we be talking about coffee this long if there wasn't a coffee line in the picture? Also, you're right, this is really detailed. I open the fridge, <laughs> I get the coffee creamer. Then I take my vitamins. I leave my vitamins near my coffee station so that I take them when I make my coffee in the morning. And, you know, I take all the fun stuff, B12, vitamin D, some other shit, I don't even know. Um, my mom told me, some other shit that my mom told me to take. Like, I'm sorry, I feel like there are so many vitamins out there and all of them are like probably good for you. I just can't keep up. So I let my mom 
who can keep up tell me what to take. So I take my vitamins. We have talked in our health episode about supplements and vitamins. And then it's time to do a little bit of cleaning. Okay, so I empty out my dishwasher, put all my clean dishes away. Maybe I'll start loading the dishwasher with some new dishes. I might go into my closet, take all the clothes off the floor, hang them up. I might wipe down the countertop if it's looking a little sticky. My countertop is always sticky. I'm always fighting against my sticky countertop. So I'll wipe down my countertop. Maybe I'll, you know, reorganize my fridge. I don't know. I'll just kind of do some chores that have been on my mind. Sometimes it's chores that I do every day, like the dishes or cleaning the cat box because I have cats. Sometimes it's something that's been on my mind for a while. Like, I need to go through my fridge and clean out the fridge. You know, there's some stuff in there that's rotten or something. Or, oh, I need to go through my shoes because I have a few pairs of shoes that I need to donate or get rid of. Something that's kind of been on my mind for a while, but I haven't gotten the chance to do. I try to do a few of those things in the morning. Again, this just makes me feel good because I feel like I'm starting off the day with a fresh, clean slate. You know, I already have some accomplishments checked off my to-do list. And again, this motivates me. I feel like my day is compiled half of getting things done and the other half is getting things done that will motivate me to get other things done. Wow. That's relatable. The like feeling like there's, I'm just working, working, working all day. But it's the fact that that's completely taken for granted. And it's just like, yeah, this is the best way to go about it for me. Like I'm, I'm doing the productivity. I am maintaining my physical space, which is really important. But it's like for so many people that also has to be secondary to long hours working for a wage or like just, you know, like. This is, and this is every day? This is your daily routine? I aspire, like I also have sticky counters. I have so many dishes in the sink right now and they're like paper towels everywhere. I aspire to like clean in the morning, but I, I, I just don't. I have to get up, shower, and then drive to school. Yeah. I like cleaning. I'm going to be real. Like, I, it makes me feel focused and present. And it's almost like a meditative thing for me to take care of my living space. I also live alone. And so it's, I'm like, it can be exactly how I want it. Um, I know you have roommates, so that's definitely a different, uh, like I was not that. I never tried to keep common areas clean when I had roommates. She's speaking about like accomplishments and like a to-do list, which again, like this is all relatable to me too. Like I also have a to-do list and I do have things on there. Like if I do have some chores to do, I'll put it on there. I It's just interesting to me. Like, I don't know. I'm also, I don't listen to influencers a lot. So one thing that's sticking out to me is like when I communicate with people about my day, if I had a similar morning to Emma Chamberlain, I would say, Yeah, I got up, had coffee, did some chores, and now I'm doing this. But when it's, uh, when it's communicating about your daily life for an audience, for the purpose of entertainment and ad space, it's just very different. Um, and it's, yeah, I just, I haven't really listened to something like this before. Like, obviously I don't need to do chores every morning. A lot of chores can wait. Like taking everything out of the dishwasher can wait. Doing that little chore that's been in the back of my mind for a few weeks, that can wait. But there's something about getting a few of those easier things done in the beginning of the day that just makes me feel fired up. And then usually I poop. Now this is actually a significant part of my morning because (laughs) I sit on the fucking toilet and I just go on my phone, and this is the first time in the morning when I let myself kind of do whatever I want on my phone. Before this point, I try to have a silent morning. You know, no music, no social media, not looking at social media, 
But when I'm having my morning poop, I kind of let myself do whatever I want on my phone. Do I want to look at Instagram reels? You know what, Emma? You're pooping. Enjoy. Like, I feel like my time on the toilet in the morning is like my time to sin. Like, is that spending money I don't need to be spending? Maybe. Is that stalking someone on Instagram that I shouldn't be stalking? Maybe. It's my me time. And I tend to sit on the toilet for a while. Like, it might be 10 to 15. Because I want to give myself time to just, like, get it over with. Like, if you try to rush your morning poop, then you end up having, like, seven morning poops over the course of the morning. You didn't didn't finish. So I give myself a lot of time to just finish. Then after that, I go upstairs and I brush my teeth. I don't wash my face. I don't do my skincare routine. I don't do anything. I I brush my teeth. That's it. So it's interesting to have like strategic moments. When you're pooping, you can't really be doing much else. So that moment becomes like a strategic time to relax the discipline. When I let myself do whatever I want on my phone. It's weird that so many of us are constantly having to have that dialogue of like, of disciplining, of self-discipline. That is a huge part of, you know, being an adult. But it's weird because it sort of creates like a schism between like me as a person, as a person who's inherently like playful and wants to move and be outside and do things that capture my attention and a person that has to consistently be, be focusing on a task. And so, yeah, it's interesting. Self-discipline is, it's again, like it's, I take it so for granted. I think all of us do because you have to do it, but it kind of, that's just what I'm thinking about. Do you see my like internal conversation that I was having with myself on my commute? (laughs) And then I change into workout clothes. Now my workout outfit is very consistent. When it's cold out, I'm wearing a pair of leggings, preferably with a drawstring waistband. This is weird, but there's something about leggings that have a drawstring waistband that I'm obsessed with. Like I love the way that they fit. I love the way that they look. I have a lot of pairs I've been collecting for a while now. I have a few pairs from Aritzia's TNA line. I also have some drawstring waistband leggings from the brand The Upside. Very expensive, but they're amazing and they last forever. And I wear the same pair sometimes twice in a row because I feel like they just don't get, they don't start to stink and get dirty as fast because of the material. So sometimes I'll wear them twice. Sue me. I scroll through two actual sponsored ads so far. One was a Macy's one. The other, I think, was McDonald's. I can't remember. Squarespace. Doesn't yeah, matter. Squarespace. I, what is, obviously the payment part is different, but what is different about those ads versus like going so in depth about a pair of leggings that it could serve as an ad? Or like the, uh one earlier yeah like why why go that in depth this is hard because i don't want to sound like i try to be really mindful of the things i buy and i also do like everything i can to not have brands or clothes on the things i buy uh, on the clothes or things i buy but like it again, it seems so natural. It's like, I'm going through my day. I need to tell you about these things that I, it's like the things that I buy enable my day. And so, I don't know. I really, what is the difference? And, and for what purpose do you go that in depth? I mean, again, this is an explained daily routine. So we might be like, this is a unique it's actually not that unique because I watch influencer vlogs all the time and they talk about products that they use that are not sponsored and they have to say this is not a sponsored conversation. Oh, um, interesting. Because now like Instagram, YouTube, you have to flag it if it is sponsored content. Right. And 
so I say it's unique, but it really isn't. I think what you said about products that like enable our day is the like greater conversation that I want to come back to later on as well. Because we talked about this in our celebrity episode about how they teach us how to consume things. They teach us what we need in the day to go about our lives. And this is what is happening. And like, do I do this too? Yeah. If it's colder or I'll wear bike shorts. I used to hate bike shorts. I thought they were so unflattering and so uncomfortable. But there is one brand that makes biker shorts that I love. And the brand is Skatey. S-K-A-T-I-E. <laughs> There's something about them. I just really like them. They fit amazing. The material is super breathable and flexible. So I'll wear one of those. Then I wear a sports bra from either, again, Aritzia's TNA, sometimes Aloe Yoga, sometimes Lululemon. It just any sports bra that doesn't hurt because so many sports bras hurt. They're so tight. They're so restrictive. They're so stiff that they just hurt. I hate that. So I'm trying to find a sports bra that doesn't hurt, but also isn't so thin and loose that it doesn't work. Bras, sports bras, just clothing in general, wanting to like, there are so many fucking options now. It is overwhelming and not all the options are good. And half the time they're online brands. So you can't even go to a store and try them on. I appreciate that there are people out there who are like, oh no, this sports bra like actually sucks. Like it is not a workout sports bra. It's a lounging sports bra. It's the same function as reviews. Like they help screen all the products that are out there that I often don't interact with before I, like I can't touch it before I buy it. So it's kind of the same vein, but also the brands that she mentioned that I know, cause I, you know, I do yoga and I usually just wear like whatever workout clothes, but there are some, I do have like a pair of like yoga pants that I really like. And I know that the brand like Aloe Yoga and Lululemon, those are expensive clothes. Like it's not nothing to buy from those stores. Yeah. And when you think of an influencer who is getting ready for a workout, or you even think of like Pilates girlies or yoga girlies, these are the brands that they're wearing right now. And she's modeling that. But also, we looked at early day influencers as like everyday people who were recommending products and we were able to look at them like they were our friends. And you know how you go to a friend and you ask for a recommendation? I will often do that with some of the influencers that I follow. Like I trust her opinion on something over like, I guess another influencer's opinion because I just know her more and I follow. I don't know her more, but I follow her more and I interact with her more. So I think that's a fascinating relationship that we have with recommended products. And then I'll wear a soft long sleeve shirt over my sports bra to wear when I'm warming up. Basically any like soft long sleeve. Okay, I'm not picky. It's like just a cotton long sleeve shirt. Then I put my hair in a low bun and I wear a headband like a cotton headband. Oh my God, I almost forgot my Hoka's. The best running shoe is Hoka. No. It's the brand H-O-K-A Hoka, the best running shoes. They are so good for running. I've always had issues with foot pain from running. Hoka's? I hated my Hoka. Sorry, I bought those running <laughs> shoes. I, I really like running. And no, no, the heat, yeah. Maybe for other people, not for me. Sorry. I need like an old man running shoe. I need an ASIC. Support my feet in all the right spots. They're not too heavy. They're not too light. They're not that ugly. Okay, running shoes are not cute, at least in my opinion. I almost never see a running shoe where I'm like, cute. It's always like, that's cute for a running shoe because running shoes look like too futuristic for me. Like why are running shoes so futuristic? Any kind of cute workout shoe that does have a cool vibe to them, 
will destroy your feet. Uh, you'll find that you have back pain the next day after wearing them. So I don't know what's going on with that. But anyway, I struggle with this often. This happened while I was in New York City. I have certain shoes that I wear on an everyday basis. I also have really small feet, so it's really hard to find, like, supportive shoes. <laughs> um, but, like, I it t- I am 26, and I am now finally, like, oh, maybe I need, like, practical shoes that are not cute. And we place so much value on, like, looking aesthetic that we just buy the pretty shoe, not the supportive shoe. Yep. I cannot tell you, I learned this lesson a while back. Like in, I think in college, I was like, I'm just gonna, I need, my feet hurt so bad. I need like good shoes and I don't care what they look like anymore. But it's so true because there's a lot of shoes, like other things, any other clothing item, like you can buy fast fashion shoes and they'll fall apart in X amount of time. Or you can, you know, like, invest in a good pair of shoes and they'll last a while but there's still like i know that my dress shoes aren't going to be comfy to walk in i'm annoyed about shoes i'm annoyed by how many i have to have because it's like like sometimes i'll change shoes two or three times a day for different activities and then i remember like shoes are socially like constructed we don't actually need shoes quote unquote And I spend so much money on them. And you're right. Like you can tell so much about a person by their shoes. And it is, it, it's a key way to interpret someone. Forrest Gump said it. Like you can tell where someone's going, where they've been. My favorite running shoe is the Hoka. I think they're incredible. I swear by them. Then I go downstairs and I fill up my Hydro Flask. Now this Hydro Flask is gonna follow me throughout the day. This Hydro Flask is not just going to follow me to okay, my workout. Pause. I got it, I this got Hydro Flask- it. <laughs> Here's the thing, it's not, it's not, I put on my running shoes and I get my bot- my water bottle. It's, I put on my Hoka's and I get my Hydro Flask. The way that daily routine is spoken about, you, this is, I saw this is like a 45 minute podcast. You could, if you really went into detail about your daily routine, you could theoretically make it take all day because it's like, and then I got my phone and then I put in my headphones and then I wrote something down. You have to selectively choose what you focus on to fit a whole day into 45 minutes. And the fact that so much time is spent on the products speaks volumes. I know I'm not the first one to say this, but having a dedicated water bottle that you use every day and you fill up every day and it's a part of your routine and you enjoy it, you enjoy the way it feels in your hand, you enjoy the way that it keeps your water cold or the way that it looks, whatever. Having a water bottle that you love that works for you, that excites you and makes you want to drink water. A water bottle is, yeah, it's not just supposed to hold the water. It's supposed to excite you and, and, and energize you to drink more water. What an interesting thing to ask from a water receptacle. It keeps going. <laughs> oh, man. In high school, I got my first Hydro Flask, <laughs> and it was such a big <laughs> deal because everybody had a Hydro Flask. Everyone. And I was like all right, I'm putting this on my Christmas list. And so I think I got my first one for Christmas. And I remember it was the first time in my life that I drank water on a consistent basis. I was obsessed with water. I was like, oh my God, like- Because of this magic product of a hydro flask, as opposed to a, you know, an $8 Nalgene. This is, it's, this sounds very much like marketing language where things are, are endowed with like magic qualities that, are in by no means inherent to the thing itself. It's a water bottle. And there can be different usability to it or different design. Mine I has a strap, right? And so when I'm walking around getting groceries or whatever, I can put it around my arm, sure. And the fact that it's like, I remember when I got my first hydro flask, <laughs> like, ah, like a fond memory, weird.
it became more than just drinking water. It was like, this is an enjoyable experience for me. I love drinking out of my hydro flask. Okay. My water is always ice cold. You know, I have stickers on my hydro flask that reflect my personality. There's something comforting about having this little object that I carry around with me everywhere. It became more than just a water bottle and it became an experience. But then I kind of fell off the hydro flask train and I kind of stopped drinking water for like three years. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, there was not a time when I would go and pour myself a glass of water. I never did that. But over the last few months, I got back into my hydro flask phase. And so now I'm drinking water consistently again. So I fill up my water bottle and then it's time to go to my workout. Now, personally, I just prefer workout classes. I prefer them. I think the reason why is because, number one, it gets me out of the house. So it's kind of like an activity. It's kind of an event, which is kind of exciting. It also costs money, which makes me want to stick to it more. Because, you know, if I pay for a workout class, I'm not going to just back out and be like, oh, I'm too lazy. I don't want to do it. There's something about paying for it that just makes me more motivated to go because it does take a level of discipline to go and exercise. It's not easy and it's not always fun. I know that getting up and, and moving makes me feel good afterwards. And I know that once I'm doing it, I enjoy myself, but getting the motivation to like get up and start, that's tough at times. And I'll make excuses that are just dumb. Like, oh, but like my cat is sitting on my lap right now and she's being so cute. Like, I don't know, I don't wanna work out right now. But then it's like, no, Emma, okay. You paid 30 bucks for this class, so you're fucking going. Um, I also like the fact that there are other people there. It's kind of nice to work out with other people. It's like a little bit of community. Even if you aren't talking to the other people, there's something sort of, comforting about working out with other people. There's something motivating about seeing other people pushing through the same workout that you are and like getting through it. And also I like workout classes because I'm not one-on-one -on -one with like a personal trainer, but a personal trainer is kind of teaching the class. So I get to have a workout that feels like a personal trainer was teaching me, but instead of them talking to me directly, they're talking to the whole class. And that kind of allows me to be told what to do instead of me trying to figure it out myself while also having this ability to zone out. If I were to go and you know work with a personal trainer, they would be talking to me directly the whole time. And I wouldn't be able to zone out in the same way. Okay, okay, okay. Pause, 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 pause. So you don't want to do what you're doing so badly that you want to induce a different, a conscious state where you are not aware that you're doing it. And yet we know, we know that exercise is so important. It is so important to move your body when you can. And it has all sorts of benefits. I totally get it. And there are like, and it is also hard. It's really hard to find the time and it's especially hard to like push yourself physically because it hurts. But this all sounds so final also. Like it's like the, f my routine is always in flux because my life is always changing and, and the world around me is always changing and the people around me are always changing and I have to adapt and evolve. And I, and I, like the idea of a routine, maybe, maybe I'm speaking from a different place because my life has been just, I've moved a lot in the past five years and it's, it's been very turbulent. And so like, I feel like I'm always having to adapt my daily routine to changing circumstances. And I bet a lot of us do in the post COVID times, but like this, this all sounds like I've decided that this is the best way for me to work out. And so this is what I do and will always do. And like, that's, that's what it sounds like. And it's like, I don't want to do what I have to do, but I force myself to do it anyways. And then I try to zone out throughout. I think that's 
taking that's embodying a really western i'll say american a very american in like toxic relationship we have to our bodies and to working out it it almost gets to a point where it's like if i'm it like working out is like a kind of punishment and like something to feel guilty about if you don't do it as opposed to like like sleep something that you need <laughs> and that is a it's a fundamental like moving your body and exerting effort is a fundamental human thing we're not meant to sit at desks all day and so we have to exercise in short bursts like this yeah i don't know like why i i know this i don't know it's just like why would you I'm not going to say why, because I understand. It's just, it's sad to want to, like, just get through it. I don't know. Lifestyle influencers fascinate me. Because you are a quote-unquote relatable person. And you are modeling how you do things, buy things, exist. And people are listening to this and they too might not want to work out or like have to force themselves to work out, stuff like that. I don't know. Like the language is fascinating. I don't have a full thought on that, but. Yeah, no. And I also like the earlier framing of, a. she said the water bottle became an experience. That's exactly what marketers want you to take every product to be is like an experience. But if you go from experience to experience to experience, which is really going from product to product to product, what does your overall experience become? And remember the Visco girlies? Mm -hmm. And like, you can immediately picture what they look like. They all have the hydro flask. The scrunchie. the scrunchie, the like ripped baggy jeans. I can see the exact filter in my head. (laughs) Yeah. How products become, or like how people embody products. Is it the other way around? I don't know. Like you think of a lifestyle influencer, you picture them in these leggings, but Emma Chamberlain is different because she wears leggings with a drawstring. And then she has her hydro flask throughout the day. And then she goes to a workout class that in my head, every single person or Every single lifestyle influencer that I have followed or like have observed, it's that. Wow. Like that is a lifestyle influencer. It's like it's exactly like you said in the celebrity episode. Like they model consumption. I don't know if we're gonna finish this podcast episode today. I think it might need to be a two-parter. Sorry. Another thought came into my head. Yeah. The act, like, I have heard this conversation between, like, non-influencers as well. But when you buy something, you are more obligated to, like, do it. So, like, a workout class. Yeah. It's different than paying for a gym membership once a month. Because, like, you just don't need, you don't have to go to the gym. But I find that fascinating. And, like, have I done that too? Yes, I have. But it is fascinating to see somebody else embodying that yeah yeah good point super competitive ones in the class that are like giving everyone dirty looks and being like eh, like they're like competing to be the best in the class and then you have people who aren't taking the class seriously they're like on their phone and getting yelled at by the instructor being like no phones in class and they're like uh-huh. uh you have the people who think that workout classes are a fashion show you know they're showing up in like a fancy outfit to go fucking work out it's like interesting you'll meet a lot of different types of people and some of them might not be the type of people you want to hang out with but that's okay because it's a people watching experience and you're going to get a good workout out of it and somebody who's a professional is teaching you what to do and that's nice after my workout i feel amazing i'm sweaty i'm happy i've released my endorphins my anxiety feels better usually like i'm a little less anxious i feel more calm and relaxed and I'm happy. I tend to do one of two types of workouts. I either do a really intense like boot camp style workout where we're like running and lifting weights and like 
doing like planks and like we're being yelled at. Like I like that vibe a lot for some reason. It kind of reminds me of when I was a cheerleader growing up and our cheerleading practices were very similar to boot camp. We know a lot about Emma Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. We know she was a cheerleader, but also anybody listening to this, watching it, whatever, you can be Emma Chamberlain by buying these things and doing the workout classes that she does. Yeah. Which, <laughs> they're expensive. I Like 30 bucks is on the low end for a workout class, honestly. In LA? Sorry, like that's, they're expensive. It's a product. It's a subscription service that you're buying. Because we were just being constantly conditioned. So we were in, you know, good shape and stuff. So we would be able to do cheer routines to perform them at competitions and stuff. And that was kind of intense. And I kind of miss that sometimes. And I feel like boot camp style workouts sort of remind me of that. But I also recently started hot yoga slash hot Pilates. Talk about characters in these classes. Okay. Hot yoga and hot Pilates can attract so many different types of people. It's always really fun to see just all the different types of people that are in there, especially in LA. It's like kind of a scene in a way, but I kind of love the drama. Like it's not real drama. It's fun drama. It's like, you know, people walking in with their attitude and shit. I love it. I think it's really entertaining. Is she just talking about, like, people existing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, even me, I'm probably walking in with my fucking attitude. I don't even realize it, and I am. I'm walking into hot Pilates, like, "Mm." I think that's part of it, in a way. Maybe that's part of what makes it fun. It's like a workout with an attitude, with an L.A. attitude. I think what it is, here's what I think it is. I think it's people visualizing themselves fulfilling the vision of someone who goes to hot yoga or hot Pilates. Yes. That's what I think that attitude she's referring to actually is, is them in their head seeing like, if my life were mediated, like I'm, I'm living that vision that has been modeled to me. And so I'm behaving this way. You see it all the time in the gym and stuff. Yeah. You go to hot Pilates and you wear the little workout outfit. You know, you're wearing the matching workout set. You're living a fantasy. You're leaning into this wow. sort of lifestyle. <laughs> That's what it's just said. <laughs> and that can be kind of fun in its own way. Okay. We have an ad. Of course. Yeah, so we'll stop there. Thoughts? <laughs> I just like, I'm, I'm really thinking about the thing I said before about how if you're sharing your daily life, there's so many different ways that you can, like, things you can focus on. And you really have to selectively choose what you go in depth and what you gloss over. And so the fact that a lot of, most of what's gone in depth is a product or or something that you it, yeah is a product like that's it troubling because it feels again like it feels so natural the way that it's talked about i think that i am someone who definitely like felt cuz this sort of life is modeled in other places too and i think that for a lot of my life mostly going through like high school and undergrad, I definitely, I was like, okay, yeah, like wake up earlier than everyone, go do like, start the day productive, work out, like extracurriculars, whatever, like go to the library to study. Like you're filling a vision and it's like, yeah, like I'm like, I'm doing it. Like I'm doing life right. I think that's, that's the opposite. It's instead of, experiencing your life and I I don't know I guess like problem solving as you go I don't know like I don't know what life is it's hard but like it's 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 imposing 
a vision of yourself on yourself instead of being yourself. Yes. And I know I just said this and you just said this, but you have a vision and you are continuing to perpetuate that narrative that I'm just going to say status quo because I'm thinking of uh, culture industry. You have in your head what an LA Pilates girly looks like. And you are continuing to perpetuate, not you as an Emma Chamberlain or any set individual because this is a collective thing. Yeah, way bigger than an individual. Yeah. But like we are all continuing to perpetuate it in the things we buy, in the things we wear, in the way that we go about our everyday life. Yeah. And even when it's like an anti-consumption approach to that, like... I'm fulfilling the vision of someone who thrift shops and like upcycles or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. fulfilling a a vision that's been demonstrated. You touched on like perpetuating the narrative of the self. And I think that's exactly what it is. But I want to add, you're perpetuating the narrative of the self by buying products that enable that narrative. That's what these classes are. Again, like we said earlier, this is not to like criticize Emma Chamberlain directly or like individually. This is a collective thing that we are seeing. This is a case study. This is literally just a case study in like a paper or something. And I don't know. It's all in this podcast episode. (laughs) Yeah. And again, like we do it too. (laughs) We do it too. Yeah. I think becoming aware that you do it is, is important. To understand, like, because it's like, there's more to why you do the things you do for all of us. Like, it's deep how we spend our, and how we spend our time is like, kind of related to who we become. And it's significant. Like, daily life is very significant. And it kind of feels like it's being, it's been invaded by commercial interest. Mm-hmm. One of the titles that we thought of for our podcast was It's Deeper Than That. And I think this is a prime example of how like a simple water bottle, it's a lot deeper than we think about Yeah, the object. That was a grammatically incorrect sentence, but you got what I was saying. So yeah, we're going to pick this up next week and we'll finish up watching the podcast and we'll debrief so far we have only gone through her morning yeah we've been she hasn't even like again like this is all this is all stuff that in my routine is like extra like i have to get this done yeah very excited to see what she does with the rest of her day (laughs) (laughs) i'm on the edge of my seat here thanks for listening Make sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast and follow us on Instagram at Media Culture and Why Pod, where you can share your thoughts, engage with us, and we'll keep you updated on new episodes. Join us next week when we listen to part two of Emma Chamberlain's Daily Life. Bye. Bye.